0: This is Market to Market producer, Colleen Bradford Krantz. Stand by for the Market Analysis podcast. Send us any questions or comments to markettomarket at iowapbs.org. This is the Friday, February 18, 2022 version of the Market Analysis segment from Market to Market. The market seems stuck on the treadmill of South American weather and Russian aggression for the week. The nearby wheat contract was even, while May corn improved 2 cents. China sent signals they're looking to reduce soy demand, but kept making purchases. The May soybean contract gained 17 cents. May meal lost 8.30 per ton. May cotton shrank by $1.75 per hundredweight. In the dairy parlor, March Class 3 milk futures shed 31 cents. A mixed week in the livestock sector, April cattle cut 30 cents. March feeders declined 80 cents, and the April lean hog contract jumped up by 717. In the currency markets, the US dollar index lost one tick. March crude oil dropped $1.92 per barrel. Comex gold rose by 32.40 per ounce, and the Goldman Sachs commodity index increased. More than five points to finish at 643 even. Joining us now to provide some insight is Sue Martin. Hello, Sue. Hi, Paul. With wheat, we could easily just again discuss Russia-Ukraine. Has that story, has the market absorbed it and now looking for other uh, fundamental news to move it, like, say, a cold snap coming to the plains?
1: Well, I think it depends on which market you're looking at. Uh, I think that uh, the cold snap is affecting, I think it affected KC wheat on Friday. Uh, I think that, uh, yes, the Ukrainian-Russian geopolitical situation is an underlying support. And you hear so much news and how much of it's true and how much of it isn't. You know, we're starting to get used to that. But it has the market ebbing and flowing. There's a little bit of uh, disruptions in the eastern part of Ukraine. The uh, dissidents that are really preferring to be Russian um, and speak Russian are probably making a little bit of enrolls here. And if need be, Russia will try to protect them if they have to. Uh, but at the moment, there's, we're kind of on a status quo. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what happens.
0: Because it's been an influence on all the markets, really, corn and soybeans to an extent. But Very let's, let's go back to wheat and wrap that one up. Uh, if I'm someone here in the States, we're, we're getting up on that acreage report. We know our winter wheat's kind of in. We just hope it comes up. We just don't know. How do I protect myself right now?
1: I'd only do it with puts. Uh, because I do think that we've got some bitterly cold weather coming. And, you know, wheat's coming out of dormancy as we move into March and through March. And, you know, when you're dry, drier dirt freezes easier. And, um, you know, that might allow for it depend on how cold these temperatures get in the 20s and they stay there. Uh, it might be that that tries to freeze down into some roots. Um, I think that uh, the wheat crop, this is one year that we're going to find out, does it really have nine lives?
0: (laughs) We truly are, especially after that storm in December. We still don't 100% know all of that. Let's flip to corn. Uh, Again, uh, dependent a little bit with Russia, Ukraine, but there's still that South American story that's underneath there. Which is winning, do you think, in terms of having the most sway over the direction?
1: I would have to say it's probably more the South American concern. Um, Argentina is number to exporter in the world, especially after uh, Brazil had their issues last year, corn to me is the evolving market. It's the one that's still got a big story to write. And uh, when I look at uh, Brazil, uh, they're estimated at around 100. I think I mean, estimated them at 113 million metric tons. USDA sitting at 114. Now that's still a record crop far down from where they started, but it's still quite a bit over 87 million metric tons of a year ago, and everybody keeps remembering that. However, if the forecast remains, and you're planting saffrona now, Mm -hmm. and that's about 70, 75 percent of the Brazilian crop, so if you go dry through March and April, you're going to have a market on fire, and I suspect it won't even take getting well into April and then you look at Argentina and of course today there was reductions in their production estimates and even uh in the bean crop you know the good to excellent was dropping nine percent um you know but they do have a forecast of rain some pretty decent rains here by midweek of this coming week and if those rains prevail it could stabilize the crop for a minute but um We'll have to see because in January we heard that same story, looked back, and the brains were disappointing.
0: Right. And then once you wrap up you, the months that you're talking about in South America, we're all of a sudden turned to it here and it becomes a story. Are we setting up uh, for a, a, that we've just begun to see a march higher in corn?
1: Well, I think this next week you'll have the USDA Ag Outlook Forum, and um, they'll tend to come out with the acres, and, and they, they don't do too bad of an estimating of acres. Um, I tend to think we're going to see a reduction, of course, in corn acres, and so it's a matter of how much. So the trade's going to be watching that along with the weather in Argentina and Brazil. And, but then here's the kicker. You look at The weather, and we go into our weather. Now, there's some varying forecasts out there. There are some who are talking bitterly cold weather through March and April. I have my sources that I really like, and they're talking that we're going to be warmer, maybe cool in the first part of April, but then we turn warmer by the latter part of spring or the last half of spring, and then we're hot right on through the Mm. summer. So if that be the case, let's say that the ones who are talking cold weather are right. That's going to be kind of a market mover, too, because of the fact that it's going to delay the planting. and the ground Or temperatures, slow
0: the, the, yes, the plant once it gets exactly. into the ground. Exactly.
1: And then it slows you, and then you get into that warmer, drier period, and all of a sudden there you are.
0: With no root system to, to handle hot and dry.
1: Exactly. The corn market, to me, you look at what's going on, and... You know, you look at um, uh, China, and this could even almost infringe on beans, too. But you look at China, and here's the kicker. Back in 2019, we talked about Costco, mm-hmm. uh showing up in the deliveries, taking the, over 90% of, the, in fact, 90-plus percent deliveries of soybeans. Then now you get in, and that's in 19 when they've had no bad weather. Then you get into 2020. And they've had the most horrific weather. They were worried about the three gorgeous dam going by the wayside, you know, breaching and the worst flooding in 100 years. Now, are we to believe the crops were good in that year? Then you get into 2021 and they experienced flooding again in, uh, and releasing waters from a lot of their dams that um, basically were in countryside farming areas. Now, how can how can uh, the the crops have been so good? And they said they came out with 275 million metric tons, didn't show much of a reduction. But here's the kicker. In March of last year, the uh, Food and Commodity Reserve Administration started to crack down or started to admonish um, the um, Uh, state-owned grain enterprises or state-owned enterprises Mm -hmm. of the country, like Sinal Grain type of a thing, and also their supervisory managers of the granaries. Started to kind of question them. Then, as you recall, we got in through, um, you know, the um, uh, pandemic in China, and the government was saying last year, last summer, you know, asking people to really conserve their food. Not to be so wasteful. Why did they say that? Well, one, I suspect their factories weren't running any better than ours. They had everybody locked up.
0: And their reserves that m- may have been there aren't there anymore. So, exactly. Given what you're saying, and I'm sitting here with maybe some new crop unpriced. Do I hold to given? Because there's a whole lot of story that could still develop in this new crop
1: soybean. Oh my here in goodness! The US. Yes, um, I. I'm recommending that when people price stuff this year, because we still have the U.S. to go through, and I think we're going to be the frosting on the cake, but um, when you go through that uh, pricing, one, I would not tie up basis, because if we have a weather market on the top of South America, our basis is going to be ballistic. So I'm recommending buying puts or doing put spreads, and you'll have to talk to your broker, um... For the recommendation of those spreads and you have to manage those, but it'll help cheapen your cost. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, if you go to the elevator and you're bent on marketing, and, and I get it, you know, $6 futures were right at $6 on Friday, five ninety nine a quarter, whatever. I, you know, I have to say, okay, if you want to do a percentage, lay some groundwork and maybe do hedge to arrive. But to be honest, my favorite would be more doing put spreads.
0: Okay, I need to get to livestock. Let's go out of order for a minute on hogs. This has been a seven, almost $11 run in the last three weeks. Does this have more steam in it?
1: I think it does. Um, The hog market, you know, here's the kicker on hogs. One, you look at China. And I think they have around 355 million head of hogs. And I know they have like 43.8 million sows. And you know those sows have got to be bred. And in the meantime, prices have been dirt low. You take the eight largest producing entities in China for pork, and they've lost combined $8 billion plus in this past year. Then you look at the mom and pops, who are the biggest percentage of producers, and look at them, how much they're losing you know there's going to be a liquidation, which will put a lot of product onto the marketplace. So once we start to see pig prices base out and stabilize, we'll know that that break is probably over with. But they're looking at expanding poultry production. And that's a a corn and meal user. Yes,
0: they need some feed. And
1: they're looking at expanding and increasing beef production because they're getting a good taste of U.S. beef. So they're looking at that. They're not going to expand the pork industry so when I look at what they're doing and God forbid if they come down with avian bird flu but they're looking at trying to increase proteins in their country and they're going to do so by 2025 that tells you there's going to be a good need and if their granaries are empty well but the pork industry the hog market not only are we looking at the demand around the world because you had liquidation going across parts of Europe but you look at the U.S., we've had PERS, we've had PED virus, we've had app. You know, it's, uh, if, it's and endless. that's on top of the liquidation yeah. we went through in 2020.
0: Okay, hold the thought on hogs. Let's go to beef real quick in the last 45 seconds. Uh, the, the feed price has been hard for a lot of these feeders to handle. Is there any relief for them or any strategies they can do?
1: Well, there's no relief for them in my, in my mind. You know, my glass is half full. So I would have to say, some say, well, you know, it, cattle prices can't go up because corn prices are higher. Normally, the old-fashioned way, that was true and may still be. But the thing is, is it rationing the use of corn? Are they slowing mm. up buying feeder cattle? No, they are not. Last year, corn got to 775, and it didn't stall a thing. So here we are, and we're seeing cattle, because of the dryness in pastures and cattle country, coming off of Grasses into the feedlots. We're going okay. to see heavy placements in, you know, in our next report.
0: More to come. I always have to interrupt. I'm so sorry. I know. I know. We'll I continue it so though. Thank you, Sue. <laughs> we'll continue it in Market Plus because that's going to have to do it for this TV show. Market Plus available in podcast form, also on our website of MarketToMarket.org. Hey, we want to let you know that we are coming up to the pledge season. Uh, if we're, we're public television stations like this one are asking for your support, we may also be airing in different time slots to accommodate changes in schedule. So if you value the work of this program and your station, please consider making a gift of support now. Next week, the first indicator of the winner in the looming acreage battle. Thank you for watching. Have a great week.